here we are in this brand new year, and we have this brand new series called The Journey. And over the next five weeks, what I'm going to do, or hope to do, I hope to challenge us in two ways. One, I hope to challenge you and me on a personal level. That we'll take all that information that we know about ourselves and where we are, and we'll really think about the future and why we feel like that's the place that, that we need to head to and, and how we're going to get there. And so part of this challenge is about the journey that each one of us are on as individuals. But then it's bigger than that. It's about this church. I want to challenge us as a church, as the journey church, about what our journey looks like together. Where we've been, where we are, what the future may hold, how we get there, why we want to go to that place. And see what God has in store for each one of us. To do this, I'm going to look at a passage or a story out of the Old Testament over the next few weeks. The cool part is Tim Cole, who was here last week, started, kind of talked about this a little bit. He talked about Joshua. We didn't talk about this, didn't get this connected, but I'm going to talk about Joshua over the next five weeks. Joshua is found in the Old Testament. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. We're going to be in Joshua chapter 1 for our time today. Joshua 1. Again, over the next five weeks, we're going to look at different aspects of Joshua's life and, and this moment where God's like, hey, the promised land is there. I'm going to send you there and what this looks like to get there. But we're going to take our time as we kind of look through the first few chapters of Joshua. Joshua chapter 1 is where we're going to be this morning. If you don't have a Bible, there are Bibles in the seats in front of you. Feel free to grab one of those. We'll put the words up on the screens. Uh, if you have our Journey Church app, which we highly recommend you download, uh, you can follow along on the notes there, and you can also take notes on your program today. But in Joshua chapter 1, here's what we read. Verse 1, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River and to the land I'm about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Let me give you a little background before we get to this place uh, in Scripture. A few generations before, God came to a guy named Abraham, Abram at the time, and said, Hey, here's the deal. Um, you're going to be a pretty amazing guy because you're going to have this huge group of people that are going to come from you who we know as the Israelites. And so he makes a promise. He says, I'm going to give you this land. This is my promise is that you'll have this land. That's why we call it the promised land. And so he says, you're going to get this land. It's going to be for your people. And so for generations, Israelites had been hearing about the promised land and how it was going to be theirs and how they were going to take it over and God was going to give it to them. And so we get to this place where the Israelites have been brought out of Egypt, out of slavery by Moses after they'd been in slavery for a little over 400 years. And he takes them into the wilderness for 40 years. And you would think after that much time with this group of people who complained, basically the whole time, God would tell Moses, man, you've been putting up with a lot of stuff, dude. Hey, I'm going to let you go in and take these people to the promised land. But that's not what happens. God tells Moses, hey, you kind of messed up in the desert. You're not going into the promised land. I'm going to let you see it, but you're not going to lead the people into it. And so Moses dies and God goes to Joshua at the end of Deuteronomy and says, Here's the deal, Joshua. You're going to be the person who's going to lead my people, the Israelites, into this promised land. And so this is where we are in our story. 
I kind of have this, this picture of, of the Israelites sitting there on the eastern part of the Jordan River, looking into, into the promised land that's theirs, and thinking, man, look what we've been through. 400 years of slavery, 40 years in the wilderness, in the desert. This is amazing because once we cross this river, <laughs> it's ours. Like God's just going to hand, here are the keys, take it. But that's not what takes place here. Because God tells Joshua, hey, Joshua, here's the deal, buddy. There's a lot of land there on the other side of this river, uh, but I'm not just going to give it to you. There's work to be done. That, that's the destination, but that's not, not what's important here. It's the journey to go from where we are to where I want you to be. And once we get there, there's going to be work that needs to be done. It's going to be tough. It's not going to be easy. I'm not just going to give this to you. There's a journey that we are on together to get there. I'm pretty sure that for you and I, sometimes when we think about our, our new year, as we think about our, our future, as we think about that new job, as we think about that move that's coming up, as we think about our finances, uh, as we think about getting in shape and actually following a budget this year, what we know is that none of that's easy, is it? It's hard. We can say this is where I want to be, but it's actually hard to make those things happen. We don't say, hey, in 2019, I'm going to lose one pound of weight. I can do it. I think I've got it. Mentally, I'm tough. We don't say that, do we? Because that's easy. No, we say, this is what I'm going to do for this year. This is what this is going to look like in my relationships, in my career, for my health, for who I am spiritually. And so we set these goals and resolutions. We, we put together these dreams that, that we know are hard to make happen. There's big things ahead for us. What are those big things for you? What are those hard things that are sitting right in front of you right now that you know you got to go through? You know you've got to push through. And you realize there's a destination on the other side, but you've got to make it through those hard things first to get there. God says, hey, Joshua, there's hard things ahead. Here's the destination. This is what this looks like, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. But by the way, Joshua, I'm with you. Then he says this in verse 6. <clears throat> Excuse me, says, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I shared this with our leaders yesterday morning. Those four words are my favorite words in Scripture. Be strong and courageous. And I don't know how many times in my life, in ministry, in my personal life, I've come back to those words to remind me to be strong and courageous. Three times God tells Joshua, be strong and courageous. In fact, one time he says, be strong and very courageous. But, but why would God tell Joshua this? Because God knows what lies ahead. God knows the journey from where they are to the destination he's trying to get them to. He knows it's not easy. He knows it's not simple. And so he's telling Joshua, hey, it's there for you, but here's the deal. You're going to have to be strong in leading my people, and you're going to have to be courageous. You're going to have to take some risk. 
You're going to have to get beyond some fears you may have, the doubt you may carry with you to carry out this, this journey that I have you on. Be strong and courageous. And then God says, you know how you do that? You follow me. You, you take to heart those laws that Moses was given and that he gave you that came from me. You live those out. You follow me. And if you do that, here's the deal. In the end, you'll be prosperous and you'll be successful. We look at those first nine verses there in Joshua. There's two things I see that, that we find out about John, Joshua that God tells Joshua. First is, here are the responsibilities that you have, Joshua. Your first responsibility is to lead these people. You are now in charge. Lead these people into the promised land. The second thing, here's the attitude you must have. And that attitude is be strong and courageous. As we think about our own personal lives and the journey that we find that we are on on a personal level, I think those are two things that you and I have to think about too. The two questions that, that we have to ask. Do we accept the responsibility of what it takes to go to where we want to go? Or to where we're going or to where God is leading us. Because the reality is, it's probably really hard. And then the second part is that, of that is, do we have the right attitude to get there? Are we strong and are we create courageous into what God may have for us that lies ahead? Because there may be really hard things for us to do on this journey to get to the destination that we're hoping for. They're hard things, tough things. It's not easy. It's not simple. And so do we, have that, do we have that attitude that we need? And are we willing to accept the responsibility to do just that? And as God says to Joshua, can we be strong and can we be courageous? And here's what Joshua does with this information that God gives him in verse 10. It says, so Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, Get your provisions ready. Three day, days from now, you will cross the Jer Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God has given you for your own. Probably many of us here traveled somewhere over the, the last couple of weeks. And um, here's a question. How many of you plan ahead? Like three days before you're going on a trip, all your stuff's packed. Anybody in here kind of that person? Yeah, we have a lot of type A's tend to be in this particular area. So three days ahead, you got everything packed, Right? You already know the trip. Uh, you've already decided what time you're going to leave, and you're going to leave at that time. You've already pinpointed all the gas stops and the bathroom stops and, and the food stops. I mean, you know everything. You know that you've got to be there at a certain point in time. If you're not, you're going to have a terrible time on your vacation, right? And not only that, but you, you know every single day what you're going to be doing. And so you know, hey, at 9.30, we're going to meet these people for breakfast. And then at you know, 11.30, we're going to the mall. And then at 12.30, we're going to eat again with this group of people. I mean, you, you've got everything. Everything is set and ready to go. You're just that type of individual. How many of you are the opposite of that? Yeah, there we go. I love it. You guys are always honest. Everybody else is like, I'm type A, but I don't want you to know. And everybody's like, I am, yeah, I'm terrible. So your trip's coming up, but here's the deal. You wake up that morning, and you're like, oh, yeah, we're going on a trip today. Yeah. And so you're like, all right, got to pack some clothes. And look, I, I just want to, those of you just raise your hands, here's the deal. We know that you don't fold your clothes and put them in drawers, <laughs> right? What you do is you put them in a pile. So that pile of clothes is on your bed. It's on maybe a couch or something. More than likely, it's on the floor. 
Uh, you haven't even purchased luggage. You're like, who needs luggage? Luggage isn't that important. So what do you do? You go tr- grab trash bags. Yep. You grab a trash bag. You open it. You're like, these are clean. I think you smell them. Yeah, it smells pretty good. Put them in a big cup. Put them in the bag. Wrap that bag up. You're like, kids do the same thing. Then you go throw it in your car and you're off. That's what we do, right? You're fluid. You kind of go with the flow. And sometimes that's okay. But it's so much better when you've kind of planned everything out, right? Here's this moment where God has said, here's what we're going to do. Here's this place I'm going to take you to. There's this big journey ahead. And now, Joshua, I need you to go make this happen. I've said this before in Scripture. This is really just a a very small snapshot of everything that takes place. But, But usually what we find in Scripture is that when somebody pushes back towards God, Scripture always talks about that. There's not that here with Joshua. There's this conversation that God has with Joshua, and God says, this is the land, this is what I'm going to do. If you follow these rules, everything's going to be great. We're going to be successful. It's not going to be easy. It's big things ahead. It's going to be hard. Here's the deal. Go tell the people to get ready. And from what we can tell, Joshua's like, let's do it. And so he goes and tells his officers, go tell everybody, get provisions ready, because we've got this, this big journey we're getting ready to go on. For us, this is the moment that we make excuses, all right? Because here, here we are in this place, and this is where we want to go. There's our destination. We like making goals. We like making resolutions. We like dreaming big. But how many of us actually like the journey and what it takes to get there? Because we'll say, hey, you know what? I want to work on my marriage. I, I, I want to fix my finances. I, I want to repair that relationship with that family member. I want to do this in my career. We, we put those out there, and yet at the same time, it sounds good and it feels good, but then these excuses begin to come to the front. You know what? I don't really have time for counseling for my marriage. I, I know my marriage needs help, but you know what? I'm so, so busy. You know, I, eating healthy would be great, but it's expensive. I don't really want to spend the money to do that. I, I know I need to change my finances because I'm in so much debt, but, but man, I'd really like to get that new car. So this is what we do. We make excuses. We say this is the place we want to get to, and yet we make excuses, and so we never fully live out this journey that we may be on. How do we get out of debt? You know how we get out of debt? We stop making excuses. We make a budget and we live by it. How do we fix our marriage? You know how we fix our marriage? We stop making excuses about our time and we go to counseling. How do we get to this place that God has called us to be, this destination we're trying to get to? We stop making excuses. And we actually begin to plan ahead, to move forward and make it through this journey. What steps do you need to take to get where God wants you to be? Joshua says, let's plan for this. Let's move forward. we got work to do. And then here's what we find at the very end of this chapter. Verse 16. It says, then they answered Joshua, whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you may command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. In the movie Braveheart, William Wallace is trying to prod the future king of Scotland, Robert the Bruce, and he says these words. He says, people don't follow titles, they follow courage. 
I love this part right here because Joshua sold out for God. And these people, they know that. They, they see this and who Joshua is. And so as Joshua says, this is what we need to do, the people around see that courage that he has and know that he follows God and they say, we're in. In fact, here's the deal. If anybody rebels against what you say, Joshua, because of this connection that you have with God and because God has chosen you to lead us, we're going to off them. We're going to get rid of them. And so biblically, if you think about it, if you're like, hey, this is my destination and the people are kind of going against you, maybe you can get rid of them. I don't know. It's just possible. <laughs> it's biblical. It's biblical. Don't really do that. That's not good stuff. But anyway, here's what I, I, I as I, I look at those, those words there and this group of people are like, hey, we got your back. Um, this is the impact of our journey. This is the influence that that we have over other people. And so where we are in that journey and how we follow God has the ability to impact other people in their own lives. And so we see the influence that Joshua has. And it begs the question, are we ready, able, and willing to take the risks that God's put in front of you and I to reach the destination that's in front of us? Are we willing to do the hard things to get there? There's three things as I look at this first chapter of Joshua that um, are next steps or, or takeaways, I believe, for every one of us in this room, especially at this time of year. And the first one is we got to accept the challenge ahead. We have to accept the challenge ahead. God challenged us to things beyond what we think we can handle. I, I think about Joshua and I think about the Israelites. And again, they're on the eastern part of the Jordan River and they're looking over. And, and I, can, I can only imagine because I, I can put myself in, in their spot right then and there. And I'm thinking, we are there. We have made it. This is it. God's going to give us the, the keys to the kingdom. This is incredible. But then God says, no, there's more to be done. There's still a journey ahead. There's hard things to do. And so Joshua and the Israelites had to accept that challenge. When it comes to us, what challenge has God laid out in front of us? What is that challenge that is there for us in this brand new year? Is it health? Is it our marriage? Is it our relationships? Is it our career? Is it who, is it who we are spiritually? And maybe God's laid something on your heart to, to, to the fact of you're sitting here thinking, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this, but I'm pretty sure God is pushing me in this direction. Are we willing to accept the challenge? Because if we accept that challenge, it leads us to this next thing, this next step, that God is committed to your journey. I love what God says in verse 5. He says, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. God says, Joshua, this is your journey. Israelites, this is your journey. And here's the deal. I am committed to it. I will do whatever it takes to see this through. Anything. And so I want you to know that I am here with you. And no one will ever go against you if you go the way that I'm leading you. That's amazing to think about. And so as we look at our own journey, we need to understand it's not just our own personal journey. It's also God's. And God's saying, hey, I see that destination that I want you to be at. This is what I've created you for. This is where I want you to go. I'm committed to this. I'm committed to you. I'm committed on this journey. And there's hard things ahead, but I am here to lead you forward. And I think, as we see here in Joshua, and in that commitment, God's saying, because I want to see you be successful in this. 
But there's one more piece, and that's the third thing here. We must be committed to God. In verse 8, God tells Joshua, uh, if you want this to happen, if you want to be successful, here's the one thing I need you to do. I need you to focus on me. Not anything else. I need you to focus on me. And so as you and I take those steps in this new journey that we find ourselves, as this brand new year begins, maybe for us, one of our starting places is to be first committed to God. To be committed to God. Say, God, I'm going to accept this challenge. I see where you're taking me. I know you're committed to this. And now I'm going to be committed to you. And I will do whatever it takes to make it to that destination, that place that you're leading me to. Which also means we have to respect God's direction. Because sometimes we think we know where God wants to take us and the goals and resolutions and destinations God has for us. But God's like, that's not quite it. It's actually way over here. Or the direction that we think we're supposed to go in. God's like, no, I need you to go this way for a bit. And so we've got to respect God's direction in this. But we can only do that when we have committed ourselves to God. I don't know what your personal journey is moving forward. I don't know what your goals are, your resolutions, unless you posted it on Facebook somewhere. Uh, I don't know any of that kind of stuff. Uh, but, uh, but I know mine. And I know what they are ministry-wise and leadership-wise and spiritually and for my family. I, I know what those things are. Uh, and I know that, that moving forward is so hard because there's this journey that we are on to this destination that I believe God calls us to. But are we willing to accept that challenge and be committed to God? Because in the end, God's committed to us whatever that personal journey may be for you and for me. Now, I told you, not only is this series about us on a personal level, it's also about this church called The Journey. And so I want to take what we talked about this morning and just in our, our the last few minutes together, talk about what this looks like for us as a church, uh, especially if this is your first time here, you haven't been with us very often. Uh, 2018 was our best year ever as a church. And... Um, it's not because of me, and it's not because of the staff, and it's not because of our leaders. It's because God was just, has been doing amazing things here. And God's actually been doing amazing things at this church for, for quite a few years now. Uh, let me kind of share some numbers with you. In 2018, we averaged 517 people every single Sunday morning. Uh, that's our highest number we've ever been at. The first time we've ever been over 500 for a full year. Here's the crazy part, especially if you're brand new. Uh, about 50% of our church is military. So we know that every single year, about 20% of our church is moving, okay? We know this summer, this year, we're going to see about 20% of our regular attendance is going to move. The crazy part is we still grew by 5.7% in 2018. That's an incredible growth number there, okay? So we grew in 2018, excuse me. We averaged 517 people. Downstairs, every single Sunday morning last year, we had 140 kids from nursery to 12th grade in our basement area. That's where all of our kids' classes are from, again, nursery to 12th grade. Um, that's a whole church that meets downstairs while we're up here. Right? That's bigger than the majority of churches in the United States is all downstairs. Now, if you've been down there, you help with, with children's ministry, it feels like 14,000 people are downstairs <laughs> at one time because it's, it's a little crazy. But 140 kids downstairs, that's not counting volunteers. We had 685 first-time visitors in 2018. 685, that's huge. And that's just the people who actually filled out uh, cards for us. On Easter Sunday, we had 780 people, our biggest attendance ever. And we gave away our whole offering back to the community. We brought in $31,000. That $31,000 went back to impact our community. 
Christmas Eve, we, uh, we had 533 people, our biggest Christmas Eve ever. In December 2018, twice we hit 600 on days that were not holiday days, which we've never seen that before. In 2018, our giving increased to, uh, by 6% over 2017. And over $1 million went through this church, whether it was through us giving or other groups that we work with. Over $1 million went through the journey just in 2018. Here's the deal. Uh, we've had more volunteers in place right now than we've ever had. We've got more leaders in place than we've ever had. And right now is the point that we can say, whew, man, we made it. The reality is we haven't. Now let me say this to you. Growing up, I, my dad was a pastor, so my whole life, all I've known is the church world. What is happening here at the journey is not normal, okay? What we have seen happen here over the past few years, and especially last year, that's not the norm. There are 18 million churches on Franconia Road, right? <laughs> People are like, man, everybody must go to church. Jump in the churches on Sunday mornings. You're not going to find what you find here at the journey, sadly. And I, my heart breaks for that. Not like I wish that on other churches or pray for that. I pray that the revivals happen and great things take place there. But, but what we are experiencing here is not the norm. And maybe you've been a part of a church where you've seen this happen. This is not normal, okay? It's incredible. My biggest fear as the lead pastor here is that we lose that momentum. And the reason would be that we get to the place where we're on the eastern side of the Jordan. We're looking over at the promised land. We're like, we made it. Let me tell you something. Within a five-mile radius of the Journey Church, 380,000 people call this home. I did some research. I know in the past I said 50% of the people who lived in Fairfax County are non-religious. They're part of the nuns. I uh, did some more research and found that in 2010 that number was actually 55%. Uh, taking, finagling some numbers a little bit, if you will. That, uh, by the year 2020... If these numbers don't increase dramatically, which it seems like they're happening across the United States, about 60% of the people who live in Fairfax County are people who are non-religious, not connected to anything God-related, nothing, or any kind of faith, 60%. I think that's 228,000 people, 228,000 people. That's not counting the non-religious religious people, right? Like your neighbor, Hey, where do you go to church? Uh, I can't really remember the name of it. It's down the street somewhere. You go to church? Yeah, I go there. I'm there all the time. You're like, you never leave the house on Sundays. I know you don't go. <laughs> or you go to church? Yeah, I'm there every Christmas and Easter. I mean, you know individuals like this. Which We don't have any hard feelings towards that, but let's just be honest. You're not really religious in that way. You're not connected to Christ in any way. It may be close to 85% of the people who live in Fairfax County are far from God. Here's the deal. This is our promised land. I truly believe this. Where we are within a five-mile radius, most of our church lives. I know some of you live in Maryland, you live in D.C., Hoodbridge, all these different places. I'm kidding. I love Woodbridge. It's a great place. My brother-in-law has always called it Hoodbridge. They lived there for a while. So anyway, um, no matter where you're from, okay? That's why we have all these, these different Burke, Springfield, Alexandria, Woodbridge, Fairfax, beyond. There are people that are so far from God, and they live right here. They're across the street, maybe even living in the houses right there on Thomas. They're to our side here. They're behind us. They're, they're over here on this side. Maybe 80% of the people live here far from God. You know what? we got a lot of work to do. And you know what? It's going to be hard. But here's what I believe. This is what we've been called to do. And if you're looking for a church you can just come to and just be a part of, just kind of hang out, 
we don't want to be that church. That's not why I'm here. The moment that happens is probably the time that I leave. Because I believe as followers of Christ, we are called to be on this journey to impact lives, not just for now, but it will impact lives for eternity. And the only way that we do that is we accept that challenge. And we understand that God is committed to this journey. And then you and I, as a part of this church, we're committed to this journey too. And we're committed to who God is. And we're committed to what God has for us, which means we focus on who Jesus is. We don't quite know yet what this looks like for us moving forward as a church. We have some ideas because of our growth rate here. We may have to add a third service in in the fall. Uh, We are being open to God leading us to plant another church not too far from here and send in 100 people and like, hey, let's, let's go make this happen. Or starting a new campus. We're, we're preparing ourselves that a church may come in and say, hey, we just can't do this anymore. And so we want you guys to take over because we see God's doing some crazy stuff there and, and we just want to be a part of that. That may happen too. We don't know. Our leaders are praying about where God is leading us. For our missions budget for 2018, we've set us, or 2019, you guys doing that on your checks? If you write checks, still 2018, right? Uh, if you write checks anymore. But anyway, um, some of you, they're a little bit younger. Checks are paper and they're kind of rectangular. <laughs> yeah, I'm like in that middle ground there. But, um, but in 2019, we, we set aside 10% of our budget. We said we want this to go to global missions. We want this to go to what we do within nationally, but we also want this to, to begin to go to where we are church planting-wise. We, we want to set aside money so that we can be ready for those moments when, when God just opens up a big door and says, here's your destination, I need you to go, and we're ready to go. It's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. But if we accept that challenge and know God is committed and we commit to God, man, it's, I can't imagine how many people we can impact within five miles, 10 miles, 15 miles, 30 miles, of where we are right now. This is our journey as a church. And you've got your journey as an individual and maybe as a couple and as a family. Wherever we may be, we have to accept that challenge God's laid in front of us and know God is committed to that journey. And then you and I, and maybe this is the year we start doing this, we commit to God. And for some in here, maybe baptism, we may say, hey, I need to just be all in and, and give my life to Christ and be baptized. And if that's where you are on that connection card, you can fill that out and mark baptism. We'd love to talk to you about what baptism is like. This is a great way to start a brand new year and a brand new journey that God has called us to.